Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. Hi, listeners. Hello. Did you hear my teeth chattering? <laughs> Coxie's freezing to death in Queensland. <laughs> oh, stop it. If it gets cold here too. I can remember with, I won't say fondly, but I do remember your complaining about the cold last year. Toowoomba does have some cold weather and now I think it's laughable because yeah. <laughs> some of our friends back in Toowoomba like, oh, it's so cold, it's so cold, the wind, it's cold. And I'm like, it snowed in our front yard last night. I look forward to you complaining about how hot it is in Tasmania. I'm worried that it's gonna, it's going to happen. You're going to turn into a snowflake. <laughs> I wasn't worried about that actually, <laughs> but uh, it's just you know you you get used to certain things, and then when change happens, we really notice it. You've done it again. Look at you go. <laughs> hey, that's what today's episode is all about. Change. Fancy that, Coxie. Well done. Uh, COVID has been a little different for a lot of people. It's been nuts. And well, look, I don't need to tell our listeners what a what a topsy-turny, upside-down, backwards time this is for everyone. But we've found somebody that will tell you all the things we've been trying to tell you for months now. But it'll come from somebody with real experience, not just us pointing and telling you what to do. And they happen to be in... I think one of the the potentially trickiest um, parts of the world with this, well, that we're familiar with anyway, mm. um, talking about New Zealand, uh, you know, they, they were much maligned with their swift response, hasn't necessarily worked out as well for them as they might have hoped. Um, there's been a... a second wave, I guess you'd call it, whatever the the wanky media speak is, um, (laughs) in Auckland with some more areas uh, sent into like an urgent lockdown again with all the dramatic language. So a lot of parallels there with Victoria. Mm. Um, And, you know, they went in pretty hard uh, and I'll probably criticise a lot. And, you know, results aside, I think for the people that are actually going through that, there's been a lot of lessons about, their business and how well they were set up or not and how prepared they were for external change. I think a lot of us just get a bit complacent and, and uh, overconfident, um, a little lax with how we prepare and none of us have disaster plans in small business. Um, Big business have them. They have, they have disaster recovery plans for all sorts of stuff um, because the risks are, massive Mm. for those companies, you know, whether it's political changes, environmental issues, Mm. economic changes. Um, But for us small business owners, generally we just don't even bother thinking about it because it's the old that'll never happen to me scenario. Absolutely. It's, and it's easy to fall into that complacency and that's the perfect word for it. Mm. We get complacent thinking that the phone will still ring. How many times have we spoken to trade business owners who through this, situation we're in have run out of work because they've never advertised because they've relied on word of mouth 
because yeah. they're complacent within their businesses. So it's that complacency that makes change particularly uncomfortable. But if you're adaptable, if you're ready to change, if you've had some thoughts around what you might need to prepare should change be delivered upon you with no permission or asking, um, you have an opportunity to rethink and do things a little differently. And just as we have been trying to guide you through these changes or this time of change over the past few months, um, it's great to hear from Bryant today what it was actually like. And some of it I think will really surprise you. And there's some fantastic uh, unplanned lessons in there from his background uh from ironman racing and uh the military basically mm. and how that actually helped prepare him for what they went through in new zealand so i think some really powerful insights there um and even around how to manage the uncertainty how to deal with it um, mm. so for any of you listening to this that are um in victoria again our thoughts go out to you we we're you know, Coxie and I are here for you. If you need a chat, hit us up. Um, we've got other members who are more than happy to support and encourage and listen um, rather than talk. Uh, but uh, yeah, our chat with Bryant from Hira Hubby in um, somewhere. A part of Christchurch. <laughs> a part of Christchurch that I can't Because I can't pronounce. say it. Can you say it? <laughs> no. Is it Tongariro? I, I can't remember. If you say it really fast, it sounds like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> Um, but great chat with Bryant and, um, really, really very, um, generous of him to come on the podcast and share his insights with us. So have a listen and, uh, yeah, reach out if you feel like you could use some support. Thanks for listening. So we are joined by Mr. Bryant Hardy. I think I've got that right, mate. Um, Is that how you say it in, in Kiwi? That's how you say it in Kiwi, mate. Right, okay. <laughs> so that's a universal name. That's that's one of those easy ones. It's not like, uh, you know, bull or bull. rook. Uh, <laughs> yep. But uh, you don't have a super thick accent, Bryant, but you are joining us from across the Dutch in New Zealand. How are you, mate? Good, thanks for it, Nick. Welcome to the show, Bryant. Thank you for agreeing to join us. Long time listener, first time caller. Well, I, I kind of got a feeling if you had known how much Warwick could start sledging you right from the get-go, maybe you'd rethink it. Well, Nicole was oh, just sure. sharing before we hit record. Sorry to talk over you there, but I'll do that a lot today. Um, Nicole was just sharing uh, you honeymooned in, I nearly said Tasmania, New Zealand. <laughs> I think it's about the same, actually. (laughs) I did. And look, the Kiwis were into me the second I got off the plane and it was brilliant. We did go over in World Cup time. So there was a particular rivalry. However, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Great sense of humour. I got, um, I think, unprofessionally, professionally harassed when I flew into New Zealand at Queenstown. Uh, They took me out the back for a drug check of my baggage and everything. <laughs> and I'm sure that there was a $20 note or something on it because like I was there with a bunch of financial planners for a conference and uh, yeah, they've pulled me out the back and unpacked my bag and made me take off my shoes and saying, when did you last take drugs? And uh, when was your last uh, smoke of marijuana? And I'm just like, what? No, never. I've never, I've never smoked. I've never taken any drugs. I don't even take Panadol for goodness sakes. And I'm sure it was a puss take. 
<laughs> I have no doubt. A well, a well placed one, I might add. Anyway, Bryant, um, this is not a show about us. This is an episode <laughs> to actually chat to you about uh, your work with Hire a Hubby and, um, and being in New Zealand. You guys and gals have a fair bit of experience with COVID lockdowns and stuff. Um, and uh, I think you've got some interesting stuff to share with our listeners, mate. So uh, do you want to intro yourself a little bit, Bryant, and um, tell our listeners who you are so I can stop talking? Yeah, thanks. So I, um, I'm in Christchurch in the South Island. I own a horror hobby um, franchise. And Kids, like, don't you love it? And an they always in come the in right there, at the <laughs> ultimate moment. I love the hand signals too. It's like, you know, <laughs> trying to communicate without saying it. And I've just outed you on the podcast, so you're welcome, Brian. Rudely interrupted there. Um, <laughs> yep. So in, in Christchurch in the South Island, I own a, um, a Hire a Hubby franchise down here, which is similar to the, the or very similar to the Hire a Hubby set up in Australia. Um, yeah, I run a business with four staff at the moment, oh, wow. uh, generally doing pr- just general property maintenance, um, kitchens, bathrooms, just basically anything we can do really. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And how long have you been involved with that business, Bryant? Uh, I started in 2014, so just okay. sort of rocked over six years during our lockdown. So. Mm. Wow. It's an what interesting time. to. to- <laughs> <laughs> Not that I was thinking about that. <laughs> no, I don't imagine you were thinking about that at all. Yeah. Um, Brian, can you tell us about how you came to be involved with Hire a Hubby? What was your journey before that? Um, how far back do you want to go? It's probably <laughs> comfortable to share. Just start with nappies. Oh, so I, I wasn't very, a very, um, I was good at school but didn't particularly enjoy school. Mm-hmm. So I left and joined the New Zealand Army when I was um, just as I turned 17. Mm-hmm. So I spent uh, 10 years there and then did a bit of a uh, little bit of traveling, worked overseas, driving buses and ski resorts and, and then came back and spent a bit of time here with um, Aviation Security Service doing passenger screening and supervising and stuff there. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, just got to a point when I was about to turn 40 and decided that I just wanted to go and do, sort of do my own thing, be able to make those decisions, put myself in a position where I could make those decisions myself to do the things I wanted to do without having to constantly seek approval. Um, Yeah, just some of those things I think that we all, that are in trade or in business, sort of move in that direction to try and achieve. So, Mm. yep, I entered, I went and purchased it. I looked at... um, a fair number of businesses or options. I looked at going and re-studying and stuff, and this is just the, the avenue I decided to take, um, being a franchise model, and that I was already – it was already set up and I didn't really come from a trade background or with that networking mm-hmm. behind me. It was, an, it was an easy option at the time, and it's turned out great. Do you have uh, – I mean, were you always good with your hands? Did you have a particular skill set that you brought to the job? Yes, I've always done a lot of things myself or mm. – yeah, rather than paying someone else to do it, I would I would do it myself. So that that typical Kiwi and I guess Aussie as well sort of DIY mm-hmm. mentality of um, do what you can yourself and around the home and 
sort of try and, and chip in and get things done. So that was sort of what steered me in this direction as well. Mm. One of the reasons we wanted to talk to you today, Brian, was um, you shared some of your learnings, I suppose, would be a great way to put it, around uh, the COVID lockdown that you all faced there in New Zealand and how different it was to, I guess, your expectations afterwards. And I thought that, that would be a great place for this chat to go uh, because we have a lot of Victorian listeners who are finding it particularly tough at the moment and to understand what it might look like after uh, Warwick and I talk a, a lot about that. However, it's great to hear it from somebody that's actually lived through it. So I wonder if you could tell us, maybe talk us through those various stages because like anything, there's stages to what you go through, the sheer panic to the acceptance to the understanding of what the new reality looks like. Can you talk us through your experience with um, maybe just start back from the beginning when it looks like it might be a thing and how that raised your anxiety levels immediately? Yes, I think first off, I guess everyone over here, our thoughts are with everyone in in Victoria, especially with what they're going through, but it's definitely not um, definitely not easy. I don't think no matter what position you're in, um, there's no easy way through it. Um, yeah, it happened really fast here, really fast. So, you know, our government took a very hard and fast approach, and that's what they've done each time. Um, let's shut it out. Let's get it out. And, and pretty much try and eliminate it. So we sort of knew something was coming, but they didn't really have time to explain the levels that were going to be involved. And I just decided to go for a run. And by the time I got back to my truck and my phone had gone nuts and it was, do you realise what's happening on, I think it was on the Thursday, you know, and that was on the Monday. So we went, we basically went from normal life to, I think it was level two or level three, and then on the, the Wednesday night at midnight, we were going into level four for four weeks. So wow. it was, there was no time. There wasn't a lot of time really to get your head around it, um, let alone to try and plan for it because suddenly it was, what have I got booked Thursday? What have I got booked Friday next week? What have I got half done that I was going to finish? So I think for a lot of us, the planning process, we didn't have a lot of time to do that because we were busy guys were working really long hours on those last two days. Mm. trying to squash in what they needed to get done. You know, we had a couple of kitchens and do we want to leave these people without their kitchens for four weeks? We really want to get them workable and finished. Um, so never really had much time to get frustrated or pissed off then. I think it was, then it was sort of relief on the Thursday that that was done and it was like, wow, how are we going to, what are we going to do now? Um, mm. We've got to rebook all this work that we've got. And at the time I was booked out about two weeks. So, okay, let's just pick up these two weeks and put them at the end. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know how some, some people would have done it that would book six or eight weeks out, you know, because you can't literally, you, you just slide everything. So I guess they're all things that everyone's got to work through individually and that's all business-based and, and client-based and stuff. But for me, it was sort of just became a, a long weekend, <laughs> Thursday, yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it was like, you know, it's like having a long weekend. Let's just, I'm not going to try and do anything now. I can't do anything for a month. Mm. Let's just sit back and think about it. And I touched base with a couple of other guys and they were, they were doing similar things. Um, and then I think it was on the Monday realizing that it was still three and a half weeks possibly. Mm. Didn't know. And, and like Victoria at the moment, you know, you don't know where that, where, where that finish line is. Um, mm. It was just a matter of having to, 
I think come to terms with I didn't make the decision. Yes. It's not, it's not something that I've chosen to do. So I, I think as business owners as well, we, we put a lot on our shoulders and um, we, try and, we try and carry everything, especially if we've got employees or other people we're responsible to and, and clients to a certain degree as well. And if something goes wrong day to day, then it's very easy to put that blame on us and we have to sort it out. But the position we've found ourselves in is that actually I didn't make the decision. I can't do anything about it physically and then just sit down and think, how, how can I make it better to come out the other side? And I think I put in one of those um, comments was one of the first things I decided was let's look at week five, mm. not week one. Um, because I think if I'd looked at week one too hard, I would still be in the same position in, in week five. Um, mm. So, yeah. I think that's a really important point that you've just highlighted. And something Warwick and I have been talking a lot to our members about is ensuring that we're looking past this. This is a great time to be booking in that work, to go back to work too. I, I've heard of other business owners that have decided to take a break. I totally understand that as well. However, when they get to the end of their six-week shutdown period, if we go back to opening up, they're not going to have the work there ready to bank on to start to fill their pockets again. It's going to take a couple of weeks to start to draw that work up again. So I just feel that it needed highlighting that you're talking about not getting so bogged down and stuck in week one, but rather looking to week five. Um, it's think, a great point. I think there's so much time, especially with six weeks rather than four, to have that break. So I sort of um, made a bit of a deal with myself in the beginning that, I need to, I can't go from, I guess, balls to the wall working in a business every day, doing what a lot of us do and get told off for doing and, and long hours and um, and then go to nothing. Um, so I, I had to make a deal with myself and, and my wife runs her own, own business from home as well and she had clients to service and um, with products and stuff like that. And, you know, I daughter was home from school obviously so we just had to sit down and work out a plan of I need a couple of hours a day you need a couple of hours a day let's not cement it and make it the same hours every day because every day is going to be different everyone's moods were different every day um, so it was just a matter of making a deal and an agreement and this is what we're going to do but for me personally I had to do a bit each day and I did that even through the weekends every day just flowed through and I just made a big list and I had to tick something off every day. And yeah. I just kept my mind in it, you know? Yes. I think, again, it's another great point to make, keeping some sort of routine similar to what you had before. It's a great way to keep your mind business focused rather than, you know, it's very important that we all take a break if we can during this time. However, we need to keep business focused and business smart so that we're ready to pick up the ball at the end of this period of time rather than, you know what it's like when we've we've all been employees or we've all gone to school. School's probably the real classic example. The holidays are over. You've got to go back to school. Nobody wants to go back. Nobody really feels like getting back into work. And without the clarity around what our next six months might look like, I can imagine that would be even harder. So if we keep that business mindset turned on, it's an easier transition to make when the time comes. Yeah, I think... I think that's really important. So I tried to do part of what I put on my list as well was um, I did that with some of my key clients. So rental property managers, um, contacts at one of the, at the local council I do work for and stuff like that. And I made sure 
I remained in there, yeah. So whether it be an email or a call, initially it was a call the first week and just discussed with them and then it was by email and, and that was partly also making sure I understood, not that they understood what they needed but at that point, but make sure you let me know when you know mm. what your requirements are out the other side of this because I didn't want to get to the first Monday and, and have my guys turned away at the door because we didn't have the policies in place or the... the the, the required um, paperwork and stuff. So, and I think also keeping in their ear, yeah, positive, positive both ways. Um, and also with my staff. So, I, you know, I did this bit of a Zoom call with my staff each week. They felt like they were on holiday um, <laughs> four weeks. Actually, my painter, she painted, redid her, her whole house. She worked every day pretty much, 8.35 wow. the whole way through. And basically there's a year's worth of work in her own house. And, um, so she never really had a break, but I made sure I, I laid it down with them to start with what my plan was, um, especially around wage subsidies and stuff, and asked them to come back to me with what their, obviously only as much as they wanted to say, but what their position was with receiving less for the wage subsidy. I actually paid my guys, so it, it wasn't too much of an issue, but also explained to them if it went on longer than four weeks, this is a position I'm going to be in, this is how it's going to roll down, how is that going to affect you, are we better to change it now and then look at it later and stuff like that. And I think mm. that's, that's paid in dividends now coming out the other end as well. So just the communication and what was communicated. So, Brian, sorry, Coxie. Um, <clears throat> you talked earlier about uncertainty and, and there's obviously a hell of a lot of it with uh, this whole situation and continues to be how, like, how did you make peace with not knowing? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just something you have to live with. I don't know. What can you, it's just one of those things you've got no control over. I sort of, all I, I, from a work point of view, I just made sure that everything was tentatively booked. Nothing was, actually booked it was all our correspondence became if we're allowed to come back to work this is what's going to happen um, I use an external um, admin support like um, VAs mm -hmm. so I communicated to her a lot and that that was our decision you know, we've, if we come out of lockdown at week four we've got you penciled in here but we'll have to readdress it and I think I just hard to commit to anything I think as soon as I if I did commit it would just yeah it would have blowing my head up but I think also just drawing on past experiences and through my life um, for me it's been pretty plain sailing or smooth sailing for the six years I've been in business so I haven't had anything like this while I've been in business okay um, oh don't get me wrong I've had the ups and downs um, mm. you know I've had the bad months I've had the good months I've had maybe one staff member that wasn't totally reliable but I've had, never had anything major or anything like that um, that I didn't have or that I had uncertainty around. So for me, it was more about looking back and drawing on other things, whether it be um, time in the military, security, Ironman racing, anything like that, that, and just trying to draw a parallel with those things to try and, you know, how do you get through those? How did you get through them? How did you... How did you figure it out? Let's just put that over there and use it here. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and I, I can see your um, 
and I can't remember the name of the cycling program that everyone's on. Like, uh, you know, it's like gaming oh, for Zoft. cyclists. Zoft, yeah. Zoft, yeah. Um, so I can see that in the background, listeners, uh, and I could see the Ironman um, race bib there, I think, isn't it, Bryant? Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of photos and stuff there, yep. Yeah, yeah. So it's the past life. That's the pre-business owner life. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting though, mate, because um, so much of non-business either prepares us or perhaps um, weakens us for business. And um, the same goes the other way around. And I guess, you know, when I ask you how, did you, how do you deal with the uncertainty and you're like, well, it's just something you have to accept. Um, that's not everybody's perspective on uncertainty in oh, life, no. let alone COVID. So I suppose, you know, the question that I was going to ask, and you've probably already answered it, is, well, what things have you done that you think might have prepared you to go, well, you've just got to accept it and get on with it? Because that's, that's not a standard response from people. No, I think it's... I think it's just that it's basically what I, what I said is that I think if you can draw on harder, more difficult places you've been in, then it's it's that whole there's always someone else doing it harder, aren't they? You know, someone else yeah. doing it tougher. Um, and then for me, it's also about have I done it tougher? What have I done before that that was tougher and was harder? You know, I've um, you know Ironman racing is one example. I've been in some some pretty deep holes there and the finish line seemed like it was never, never going to come, you know? So it's, mm. but you dig yourself out and you, you break things down and, and you get through it. Um, and I think that's, yeah, the uncertainty with the COVID and the lockdown, that was how I handled it and that was just breaking it down. You know, if you looked at it one big, one big picture, then it was pretty frightening. Mm. Do you think it's, um, <sighs> I don't want to stray into vaccination and all that sort of stuff um, as a topic, <laughs> but do you think uh, in terms of a general business strategy that doing some of those things deliberately can inoculate you against the things that might crop up? I mean, no one could have ever foreseen COVID and this whole global uh, meltdown, um, but do you think it's possible to inoculate ourselves a little against the things that might pop up in business? Yeah, I think we, so we have our, our conferences each year and we, we came over a couple of years ago to um, the Gold Coast and had a conference with the, all the hobbies over there and stuff. And we have our regional meetings every, every year. And it's, for me, it was interesting going into COVID because we've always, it's always been do the little things now to prepare yourself for the next recession. And everyone sort of just sits on their hands and goes, yeah, yeah, but we'll see it coming. You know, we'll see it yeah. coming because because we'll go through it after Aussie goes through it and they'll go through it after the UK and, and the States go through it or whatever, however it pans out, but we'll see it coming. And I'll have a few months to plan and advertise. And I think that was the difference with this is that, like I said before, it was three days. There's no time to plan, no time to advertise, yeah. nothing. It, it, it is what it is and, and you're going to deal with it and you're not allowed to, out of your house to deal with it. Um, so I think that was a big thing for me and I'd luckily done a couple of small things beforehand, but it's really opened my eyes to, and I've still got you know lists of things there to do to slowly chip away at so that hopefully it doesn't happen again but if something something does crop up again like this then then we are a bit more prepared. so i think yeah the more we the more we do little things then the the more ability we've got to weather that storm when it comes 
So what would you say some of those little things are? I'm not letting Coxie get a word in here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think identifying, for me, it's identifying my, I shouldn't say important clients because they're all important, but the the, the clients that um, give me more work than others. Mm-hmm. The clients that keep coming back, a lot of them are my rental property agents and stuff like that. Um, making sure that if if they go quiet, I find out why, and just communication, and then just keeping that um, rolling advertising. So I, I started a. I've always wanted to do a newsletter since I started six years ago, and it's just been on that. I haven't got the time. I haven't got the time. I haven't got the time. Am I going to get that much work out of spending this much time doing a newsletter? Mm. Um, what's the answer that to that? One, of the things that one of the things I did during lockdown you know, mm. we whipped it up threw it out through MailChimp with a week to go deliberately left it to a week to go and I think I got it must have gone out to about 500 clients after I'd culled, culled the list down and taken out a few I didn't want to talk to again and a few that <laughs> yeah a few that we'd done small jobs for and hadn't heard back from and stuff and I think out of about 500 it went out to within before lockdown was over we had about nine or ten job requests come in which was you know fantastic and if I if I'd known I was going to get that result I would have found the time <laughs> five years ago to do it um, because it would be much easier to sort that database out when it was small yes than when it was massive so little things like that that um, now I would I would have done beforehand but yeah, a lot of the small things beforehand were just communication and yeah, just just keeping relevant and in in your place of market and networking and stuff like that. Mm. You, thank you, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> You've led me to my next point beautifully, and that is around um, leadership. So we've been. Banging on, I'm sorry, listeners, if you've heard us a hundred times, say it's because it's important, it's valuable, and it is exactly what Bryant has just languaged. Leadership through this as a business owner is one of the most important skills that you need to have. You need to be providing your clients direction, which you've just explained that you did through the newsletter and keeping in touch with your key clients so they knew what to expect coming out or the very best that assurity that you could give them at the time, but leading your staff through. So those weekly zoom calls as well to ensure that, you know, they were focused and ready with their business mindset to come back to work when the time came. Leadership is, it can't be overstated how important it is at a time like this. And yet it can be really difficult to find that within yourself when you're totally unsure of what is going to happen next. I guess my question then would be around is leadership a role that you were comfortable in before this, Brian, or is it something that you sort of found your way through within the lockdown as well? No, I think I'm, I'm pretty lucky in that I've, that that's been basically where I've come from. I basically had 20 years of that. Um, and like I say, I left, left school pretty much a week after I turned 17 and, and was in the army and I was overseas at 21 and then I was um, instructing when I got back for um, unemployed youth over here on a, um, a six-week scheme. So I did two years instructing there. So I was doing that when I was 22, 23. So it's sort of something that I've developed quite early on. Um, so I guess I'm very lucky in that, in that toolbox of things I've got to use, I've got 
those aside already. So I came into business not having came into business not having any business knowledge, nothing about GST, anything like that. I'd never sold anything in my life, and I'd never sold myself. Mm. Um, but I guess I managed to outweigh that with what else I brought in. So mm. when this situation has popped up, I guess I'm once again I'm lucky that I've I've got those tools there ready to go, and it was easy for me to to sit there and go. If I was my employee, what would I want to know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very easy for me to ask those questions. Whereas I can I can see someone who's you know someone who's been through an apprenticeship of, of whatever type and then decided to go out on their own and has been head down ass up for ten years years or something and has never never had that. Um, I could see how that would be a massive struggle because it's not something that comes very easily. Well, it does to some people, but to others, it's it's a very difficult, and especially if the if the tides are turned on you and the weight's on your shoulders, and you're worried about financial stress and everything else, possibly one of the last things you're going to think about is mm. what would my employees be asking, what would my subbies be asking. So, um, yeah, I guess it's once again comes back to what skills we already possess and we can use, and but then there's one other really good option out there, and that's just talk to someone else, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I don't think you're ever alone in business, even though you feel like you're alone. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and your posts within our group really uh, showed that, that they're not alone. Our Victorians who are really struggling, they're surrounded by an entire country and our cousins across the ocean who are very supportive and here for them so they don't need to feel alone. We can ask questions. You can put your hand up and say, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to reassure someone. I don't know how to lead my clients through this. Can somebody give me some advice? There's always somebody there to help you out. It doesn't need to be as lonely as it feels. I'm really interested to know, you've got some great self-reflection over this time, Bryant. Is there anything you think you didn't do that you should have done in your lockdown period? Oh, I probably had more time off. <laughs> 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 done Taking the opportunity to do some more training and some more stuff around the house rather than watching Netflix. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think there's always more we more we could have done, but in myself, I'm happy with the amount that I achieved. I achieved probably more really looking into my business and listening to um, podcasts. And I'm not, I'm not a big, big book reader. I can read a book and then not remember it. Um, so for me, I listened to, um, seeing I've forgotten it already. <laughs> Mike, um, what did he say his last name? The Prophet First. Yes. Oh yeah. Yep, I listened to that and got my head around that and, and sat down and, and looked at numbers within my business and delved into that and, and made a few changes there. So for me, I'm, I'm pretty happy in what I did do because I achieved so much in that month. Mm. Um, and then we really hit the, really hit the ground running as soon as we, as soon as we were open again. So I really haven't had time to look back now on the last three months and say, you know, you should have done that or I just haven't had time to think about it. Great point. And again, you've led me exactly. It's like we've got a script and we're all reading the same thing and yet none of us do. I'd love you to explain for our listeners, give them a bit of hope. What did it look like once you were actually able to open back up again? Confusing. Mm. Painful. Mm. Um, There was, and I guess every business is going to be different because we're all doing different things and we've got different staff and, and different requirements and but. I think the main thing here was just 
the general confusion and Nick, we were saying earlier about the the confusion you've got over there about different states doing different things and different mm-hmm. levels meaning different things. And we were very lucky in that we've got four levels in a country that did everything at the same time. Mm. Um, but there was still so much confusion and it's happened this week as well when we've gone back to level two and Auckland's gone back to level three. There's, um, I won't name anyone, but you know, a major hardware store down here that three stores and two of them let you do one thing and the other won't let you do the same thing, you know, mm. and that's, and that's now. So when we came out of lockdown, we were sort of, we had only communicated with people via, you know, electronic or talking to them. No one had physically in stores were sort of ramping things up and you'd go into some stores and they were the same and other stores were different. And, and then because it went from our level four to level three, we had to order things through our reps and then we'd have to park in a special car park and they would bring the stuff out to us. And I think you guys have already been through that going up to, whereas we went, mm-hmm. for us, we hadn't experienced that before. So suddenly we had big stores that never had it, go, that went to click and collect. And, but none of us had, you know, as trades had click and collected before. And it was just, that was really frustrating. But once again, it was just like, you know what, we've got five days of this, I think. And, mm-hmm. I just can't wait for it to finish and let's just find some other stuff to do. And I'm not worried that I can't get that shower liner, that shower can wait. Um, yeah, that it was just really frustrating, but at the same time it was, there's a lot of, there seems, I mean, I'm busier than ever. And I know a lot of other guys are as well. Um, I think, I don't know whether it comes back to, it's hard to pinpoint. Does it come back to, some of the stuff I did during lockdown, does it come back to, for, from my side of national marketing, or does it come back to people that aren't traveling? This mm-hmm. time of the year, um, a lot of Kiwis go to the islands or Gold Coast and stuff. So, you know, there's a, a lot of families out there that would normally spend, I don't know, five to 10,000 in this time of the year over 10 days, two weeks. And are they putting it into their houses and into building and stuff? So I think that's something to be prepared for. Um, so yeah, we've gone from doing nothing for a month to now trying to trying to fit work in, and um, which is great. I'd rather have that feeling than than the previous one. Mm. Absolutely, choose your stress. I know which one I'd prefer. Yeah. I'm. Um I had a question now. It's kind of left me because I was looking at Warwick and wondering whether he was going to jump in and ask my question. I was going to. He usually does. You made sure I didn't. So <laughs> sorry, you're on your own you. there, Coxie. Yeah, right, I can't remember. I lost something. it. Say something intelligent, mate. Make it make it sound good. <laughs> <laughs> you're relying on a Kiwi cousin to bail us out of a hole. I don't. Think yeah, I know. I know. Look, right. I, I did have a question, and it, it's it relates to what you've been talking about, mate. But uh, lessons. What are some of the lessons? Not not even specific to you, but what are some of the lessons that um, business owners could be taking out of this time, you know, particularly the higher level restrictions? Um, And, you know, we've talked a bit about uncertainty and the fundamentals in business. And what are some of the lessons you think people should take out of all this? Um, You you just, need to be prepared I suppose do those stop putting those little things in the too hard basket because they might be the ones that that help us out going if if 
you know, want to say if, not when, we go back through it, you know, and um, who, yeah, who knows? But I think if we keep those things front of mind and, and maybe chip away at them, and then they will, they will help us out. And I guess always have something in the back of our mind that we could do if it happens again. I know this, and I, I guess that comes back to what type of personality we are and what sort of things we enjoy doing. And this, I know there's guys out there that have basically started their own YouTube channels and and doing their own. And you guys have had a couple on, you know, that do YouTube clips and stuff like that. And mm. and they've started marketing through that way, and they've got work through that way that's helped them them come out the other end. For me not my thing um but i guess if we've if we've got some stuff sitting there ready to go yeah a few email newsletter campaigns maybe brian stored away ready for later yeah be on top of that database so you don't have to spend a week transferring it to an excel spreadsheet and going through and deleting names out and duplicate email addresses and stuff like that would be so easy if it was done Sounds Hindsight's like a, a marvellous thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, Bryant, uh, going back to, uh, you know, a younger time in your life, <laughs> you know, perhaps uh, one of those people. I'm only 20, can't you tell? Ages. <laughs> yeah, I'm a 20-year-old business owner. <laughs> only a couple of years back, mate. You should be able to remember pretty easily. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was a fascinating exercise that I did years ago as part of a a personal development course, I suppose you'd call it. Um, and it was to actually imagine talking to my, I think it was 13 year old self, the exercise we did, but I'm, I'm often fascinated by the answers that people give. Uh, if you imagine talking to sort of your 18 year old self or, you know, pre-military or whatever it might've been, um, but sort of that younger self before you really. Don't do it. What was going on? <laughs> what would you say to your younger self, right? Don't do it. Um, <laughs> any of it. <laughs> Whatever you're going to do, don't do it. Um, I don't know. It's a hard one because I, I don't know. I'm pretty happy with what I've done and what, I, what I've achieved and where I've, what I've, the different stages I've worked through. So maybe your um, would be do it. Yeah, I mean it's. Um, yeah, there's some things in there I, I wouldn't redo. Um, like what? No, we're not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> we just did. <laughs> and we don't now being Now you're being mean, Laurie. Um, what would I say? Um, yeah, I don't, I've never actually reflected that far back, was and, mm. and really thought about that. I've sort of always been hidden doing what's in front of me and, and following the decisions I've made. So part of me does wish, um, so I, when I joined the Army, I joined as, um, artillery so I, I had quite a moment when I was sort of about eight nine years through that I'd, I wished maybe I'd core changed at the beginning and and got a trade um, hmm. and some listeners won't appreciate this but you know it, it come out the other end now that would I be in any different situation I would I'd be doing a different trade but I'd, I wouldn't possibly still have a business or, or something like that. So I've still ended up in a similar position as I could have. So it's not something I'd really dwell on, but um, yeah, we all have different opportunities and we choose which ones we take. Mm, absolutely, mate. And I think, uh, yeah, you've got military background and you're a, you're a, you know, endurance athlete. Often a debrief is just such a natural part of, of, you know, having a look at, 
what did we do? How did it go? What would we change? What was great about it? And and I think it's it's maybe a missed opportunity for a lot of people is we don't debrief our life very often. We don't look back over events. We don't look back over our relationships or even a year. You know, we don't we don't sit down and debrief what happened over the past 12 months and go, well, how did that go? You know, what went well, what would I change? Um, and I, I think we've been maybe um, taught that it's bad to look back because it's a negative thing, but there's so much to be learned from, um, you know, unpacking what happened and perhaps not looking at it from the point of view of beating ourselves up, um, but doing it more of, you know, no doubt your Ironman race or races, you've uh, looked back and gone, uh, yeah, I didn't ha- <clears throat> handle that part of transition very well or I really need to find a sport that doesn't involve swimming, which was always my debrief because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I suck at that, but I kept going anyway. But uh, yeah, it was, it was just interesting. I mean, would you have any key debrief points, Brian, if, uh, if your life had been a mission? No, not on not on my life, no. But um, I think you're exactly right, though. And once again, like leadership, I think that's probably something that I I take for granted, and that just comes to me because of I was taught it very very early mm. on. And mm. every military exercise, you know, you're right. There's a there's a debrief, you know, and then um, you know debrief after debrief on you know there's a range day, there's a debrief, you know, there's exercise, there's a debrief, there's and we find it now in like basically like a health and safety investigation, you know, it's like a debrief on what happened, mm. if something happens. And so, yeah, all the way through and yeah, you're right as well, you know, like Ironman racing, you, you do one race and then you always say you're never going to do another one at the finish line and the next morning you've signed <laughs> up. Um, and, and to get through next year, you, you sit down and you look at your, your splits and your times and you go, well, you know, would I achieve more in the pool if I didn't, in the, Swim up, did more training in the pool, probably not. How much more cycling do I need to do? Or should I go harder on the bike and then I'll blow up on the run? So I think it's exactly the same. And it comes back to, um, I guess, business practice as well of, of back-checking jobs. And a, a lot of us don't like doing back-checking of jobs when they've gone wrong because we don't want to see where they've gone wrong and, and take that blame. And I'm, I'm terrible at it. Um, I'd rather just say... Yep, it never went well. I know what didn't go well. I'll do it better next time. I don't really want to delve into it and really have to <laughs> really have to know what went wrong, but yeah. in my mind I know what went wrong. So I think it's just if you can debrief everything, then yeah, it just helps so much going forward. But you can't dwell on those things that are in there. Um, mm. The same as staff, you know, staff stuff up, they stuff up. If it costs you, it, it can cost you a little bit. As long as you you deal with it and they know where you're at, and you, and you've debriefed it, then hopefully you can only hope that it's going to make an improvement and it's not going to happen again, can't you? Mm. Correct. Very true. Coxie, would you like to say anything on our podcast? <laughs> I've said plenty. Uh, I would like to say, Brian, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us today. If our listeners would like to find out more about you and what you do, how would they find you? Uh, it would have to be on my Harahabi Rangiora Woodin, spell that one, Facebook page. Um, <laughs> either that or obviously the, the Harahabi website in New Zealand that um, covers, covers covers all of us. So. 
Yep. We will put some links in the show notes for anybody that would like to get in touch with Bryant. Bryant's also in our Facebook group. I'm sure that when I put this post up, I will a uh, post up. I will tag him, and you can all drop a good day or a bit of sledging from across the ditch over <laughs> at Bryant's way. And I won't so be listening. <laughs> Most people well, don't. We should we should make it a challenge. I did that with one of our clients once. I think it took him six or nine months to actually pluck up the courage to listen to it. And then lo and behold, he said it was fantastic. It was really actually quite therapeutic. Did he learn something from himself? Yes, <laughs> he did. He was a very smart man and he was even smarter after he listened to himself. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Mate, thanks for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. Always nice to sledge a Kiwi and a cousin from across the ditch. Uh, well done on... Um, I suppose taking a, you know, a, a balanced, moderate and wise mind approach to everything that's happening. Happening, um, It's not easy to stay away from emotion, but mate, uh, well done on what you've achieved and thank you for being so uh, generous and abundant with the rest of our members, mate. Really appreciate it. No, thanks very much. It's been a pleasure. Hopefully it's the end. We don't yeah. have to go through it again. Yeah, yes. I agree well, with that. Let's all uh, prepare and... Uh, you know, plan for the worst and expect the best. That's all we can do. Thanks, Brian. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Thanks again. You've been listening to the Tradies and Business Podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au.